Today is November 28th, and this is Verses in Flow. And I'm Tynese J. Yes, I am your special guest navigator today. Welcome in and welcome back. I think that's what Jennifer says when she's coming on and bringing us the wonderful Word of God. I am so excited to be here with you all today. Don't worry, she will be back. We just kind of got to give her a little bit of a break from time to time. We know how hard she works and to bring us God's word and the storytelling and just the commentary, all of the beautiful things that she's been able to do in this space. We are excited about that and we celebrate her. And then we also want to give her a little bit of a break. So today... I will be your navigator. We're going to go in and immerse ourselves into God's word today and see what God is saying to us. So let's get ready. Let's get ready to feast. Since this is the holiday season, or I like to call it the holy day season, we get a chance to learn again about God's word, his gift to us. And today we're going to be reading Daniel 5 from the Christian Standard Bible. Belshazzar's Feast King Belshazzar held a great feast for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine in their presence. Under the influence of the wine, Belshazzar gave orders to bring in the gold and silver vessels that his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his noble wives and concubines could drink from them. So they brought in the gold vessels that they had taken from the temple the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, wives, and concubines drank from them. They drank the wine and praised their gods made of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. The handwriting on the wall. At the moment the fingers of a man's hand appeared and began writing on the plaster of the king's palace wall next to the lampstand, as the king watched the hand that was writing, His face turned pale, and his thoughts were so terrified that he soiled himself and his knees knocked together. The king shouted to bring in the mediums, Chaldeans, and diviners. He said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this inscription and gives me its interpretation will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain around his neck, and have the third highest position in the kingdom. So all the king's wise men came in, but none could read the inscription or make its interpretation known to him. Then King Belshazzar became even more terrified. His face turned pale and his nobles were bewildered. Because of the outcry of the king and his nobles, the queen came to the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't let your thoughts terrify you or your face be pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the days of your predecessor, he was found to have insight, intelligence, and wisdom like the wisdom of gods. Your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, mediums, Chaldeans and diviners. Your own predecessor, the king, did this because Daniel, the one king named Belshazzar, was found to have an extraordinary spirit 
knowledge and intelligence, and the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems. Therefore, summon Daniel, and he will give the interpretation. Daniel before the king. Then Daniel was brought before the king. The king said to him, Are you Daniel, one of the Judean exiles that my predecessor, the king, brought from Judah? I've heard that you have a spirit of the gods in you, and that insight, intelligence, and extraordinary wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men and mediums were brought before me to read this inscription and make its interpretation known to me, but they could not give me its interpretation. However, I heard about you, that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Therefore, if you can read this inscription and give me its interpretation, you will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain around your neck, and have the third highest position in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered the king, You may keep your gifts and give your rewards to someone else. However, I will read the inscription for the king and make the interpretation known to him. Your majesty, the most high God, gave sovereignty, greatness, glory, and majesty to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. Because of the greatness he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages were terrified and fearful of him. He killed anyone he wanted and kept alive anyone he wanted. He exalted anyone he wanted and humbled anyone he wanted. But when his heart was exalted and his spirit became arrogant, he was disposed from his royal throne and his glory was taken from him. He was driven away from people. His mind was like an animal's. He lived with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like cattle. And his body was drenched with dew from the sky until he acknowledged the Most High God is ruler over human kingdoms and sets anyone he wants over them. But you, his successor, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, even though you knew all of this. Instead, you have exalted yourself against the Lord of the heavens. The vessels from his house were brought to you, and as you and your nobles, wives, and concubines drank wine from them, you praised the gods made of silver and gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or understand. But you have not glorified the God who holds your life breath in his hands and controls the whole course of your life. Therefore, he sent the hand, and this writing was inscribed. The inscription's interpretation. This is the writing that was inscribed. Mean, mean, Tekel and Parson. This is the interpretation of the message. Mean means that God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel means that you have been weighed on the balance and found deficient. Peres means that your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave an order and they clothed Daniel in purple, placed a gold chain around his neck, and issued a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, 
the king of the Chaldeans, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom at the age of 62. 2 Peter 2 The Judgment of False Teachers There were indeed false prophets among you, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them. They will bring swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved ways, and the way of truth will be maligned because of them. They will exploit you in their greed with made-up stories. Their condemnation, pronounced long ago, is not idle, and their destruction does not sleep. For if God didn't spare the angels who sinned, but cast them into hell, and delivered them in chains of utter darkness to be kept for judgment, and if he didn't spare the ancient world, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others when he brought the flood on the world of the ungodly, and if he reduced the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes and condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is coming to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, distressed by the depraved behavior of the immoral. For as the righteous man lived among them day by day, his righteous soul was tormented by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who follow the polluting desires of the flesh and despise authority. Behold, arrogant people, they are not afraid to slander the glorious ones. However, angels who are greater in might and power do bring a slanderous charge against them before the Lord. But these people, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed, slander what they do not understand. And in their destruction, they too will be destroyed. They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. They consider it a pleasure to carouse in broad daylight. They are spots and blemishes, delighting in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery that never stop looking for sin. They seduce unstable people and have hearts trained in greed. Children under a curse. They have gone astray by abandoning the straight path and followed the path of Balaam, the son of Bosar, who loved the wages of wickedness, but received a rebuke for his lawlessness. A speechless donkey spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These people are springs without water, mist driven by a storm. The gloom of darkness has been reserved for them. For by uttering boastful, empty words, they seduce with fleshly desires and debauchery people who have barely escaped from those who live in error. They promise them freedom but they themselves are slaves of corruption, since people are enslaved to whatever defeats them. For if, having escaped the world's impurity through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in these things and defeated, the last state is worse for them than the first.
For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy command delivered to them. It happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit and a washed soul returns to wallowing in the mud. Psalm 119, 113 through 128. Samek. I hate those who are double-minded, but I love your instruction. You are my shelter and my shield. I put my hope in your word. Depart from me, you evil ones, so that I may obey God's commands. Sustain me as you promised, and I will live. Do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Sustain me so that I can be safe and always be concerned about your statues. You reject all who stray from your statues, for their deceit is a lie. You remove all the wicked on earth as if they were dross from metal. Therefore, I love your decrees. I tremble in awe of you. I fear your judgments. Ayen, I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Guarantee your servants' well-being. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes grow weary looking for your salvation and for your righteous promise. Deal with your servant based on your faithful love. Teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding so that I may know your decrees. It is time for the Lord to act, for they have violated your instruction. Since I love your commands more than gold, even the purest gold, I carefully follow all your precepts and hate every false way. Proverbs 28, 19 through 20, Christian Standard Bible. The one who works his land will have plenty of food, but whoever chases fantasies will have his field of poverty. A faithful person will have many blessings, but one in a hurry to get rich will not go unpunished. There is so much to learn and gain from these scriptures today. God's word is powerful. Not only is it our source of inspiration, but it's our source of chastisement. This year, as I've gotten closer to God in his word from, you know, reading it every day, and even if I miss a day or sometimes, I think the longest this year, which I'm very proud to say, I think the longest this year um, that I've gone in terms of maybe missing the podcast or missing a reading has been two days. I try to get right back on it or I listen to two in a day if I miss, you know, may have missed my my morning time. I'm usually a morning person, so it's been funny. Um, there have been times, you know, um, sometimes the behind the scenes and I'll get up, I'm up early some mornings and um, yeah, I get up in the Old Testament sometimes. Sometimes that's the time that God want to deal with me. So whenever I have to get up at like 2, 3, and 4 o'clock in the morning, when God's speaking to me, I always say I'm getting up in the Old Testament, but neither here nor there. <laughs> but I'll get up and I'll get ready to get to the podcast. And I'm like, where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? So I'll be texting my sister. And I'm like, where's the podcast? Is it loaded? Depending on what that platform may be. And so, yes, I, I enjoy, I enjoy. And when you immerse yourself in God's word, 
he's there with his comfort. He's there with his peace. He's there with his chastisement. And, uh, and one of the things that I think I've come to learn more of for myself is that God loves us, so he will chastise us. If he did not love us, I believe there's a scripture that says there's a, a fool hates chastisement. If God did not love us, you know, he would not discipline us. And those are some of the things that I've come to embrace, not just the fluffy stuff, but listening to when God speaks and he has to punish and why he has to allow the consequences for our actions and our sins and things that, you know, we sometimes do, especially when we just get caught up and we just don't care. And that happens. That really happens in life. But God loves us so much that he does whatever he needs to do to reel us back in. We, of course, have to make that choice. But he never allows it just to be a black hole where we can't get out of it, not for the believer. And that is something for me that I am just learning to love. It's really hard, right, because we, we live in this time, right? We're in this dispensation. But when you read God's word and you look at some of the things that were happening and how the prophets spoke and what was going on with Nebuchadnezzar and, you know, and Daniel and, and how, you know, he had to come and do these interpretations. And, and when you read this, you know, literally, Daniel read to this man and said, you know, pretty much you're about to die, dude, you know? And how can you, that's just how God spoke back then, right? It was, it was no black or, you know, no, it, well, it was black and white. It was no gray area. You sinned, you messed up, you out of here, right? And that's what the blood of Jesus has come in for us. That's the ransom that was paid. So it doesn't have to be that way. Now, don't get it twisted. You know, the God that we serve, he will He will, He will, will take us on up out of here. But his grace abounds abundantly. I want to say that again. His grace abounds abundantly. So if you find yourself in a place and you just don't seem like you can get out of it or just something keeps happening, you feel like, Dag, I didn't mean to cuss her out. I was trying not to cuss, right? <laughs> I, I made a mistake. I did this. I'm in this type of situation. and God, I don't feel my way out. I can't see my way out. Know that his grace abounds for you. His grace is sufficient. And you just keep repenting. You keep getting up every day. You know, sometimes I'm repenting throughout the day because my thoughts alone, right, are just, I'm like, who thinks like that, right? So I have to really condition my thoughts. I have to meditate on God's word so that I am, when things are happening in my life, I have that to pull from versus my own, you know, vices, which I can't trust my vices because they're horrible. So those are some of the things that I am enjoying in this time in my life and appreciating God, and I reverence Him, and I fear Him, not scared like, ooh, you know, God hates me, but like, God, I love you so much. You want me to be the best person that I can be, and because you want me to be the best person that I can be, and as you are preparing me for eternity, I am now able to tap into these liberties. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I've never read God's Word and, and became a worse, you know, human being. Whenever I read God's Word, because it's living, it's vibrant, it's true, and it's not going to return to Him void, it invigorates me. Now, sometimes when I'm 
having a deep, dark, depressed moment, I might not, you know, necessarily feel all that I want to feel. But eventually, I come out. And, and the comfort and the joy and the reconciliation that I get because I can know how good my God is to me and what he wants for me. When I tell y'all that right there, his favor, that that's what really blesses me. And so I wanted to share that with you all today as we go again into this holy day. I like to call it the holy day season. And we begin to become reflective and get ready to set our plans for the new year. Some people do resolutions, you know, some, however it is. I want us to, I'm already planning, like, I got to have God's word. January 1, we hitting the ground with God's word again. And they say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? But I am asking God. I am seeking God. And I am knocking because I am just, my faith is so crazy right now. I believe that God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can think or ask according to the power that lies therein. And so I am encouraged. I hope that you all are encouraged. I hope you all are inspired. And take some time to self-reflect, to do some self-care, and and look at your relationship with you and God, right? And say, Lord, I want to be better with you. I want to walk differently with you. And God, tell me, what do you need from me? Well, he, really, we know God doesn't need anything from us, right? But in essence, what we're saying to God is that I want to make sure that you're first. I want to make sure that I'm doing my very best to acknowledge you each and every day. And that's a great space to start to think about and start to want to immerse yourself in. Thank you guys, and um, I appreciate y'all coming to my Thai talk, okay? All right, let's get into it right here. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for it being alive. We thank you, God, that it chastises us, that it gives us principles and wisdom, and, and God, it gives us ways to, to better acknowledge you, God. It grounds us, God. It gives us joy. It gives us peace, God. It comforts us in those moments of uncertainty, God. And we, we thank you, God, that you've given us a written word, God. We also thank you for the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, God. God, you didn't leave nothing unturned when it came to making sure that we had access to you. You said we could come boldly to you, boldly to the throne of grace. And we thank you, God, that the veil has been torn, Father God, and that the blood of Jesus covers us, God. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We are asking tonight, today, whatever part of the time that any person is listening to this podcast, God, we're just asking that you would illuminate yourself to us, Father God. Whatever part of us that is dark and not recognizing who you are, we're asking you, God, to be a light so that we can be a light, Father God. We come against the enemy. We rebuke him and all of his plans. His plans, Father God, will fail, God, because you, you, God, love us, and nothing good are you withholding from us, and we thank you for that today. Father God, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for Verses in Flow. Father God, we thank you for Jennifer, who is the, our, our navigator, who is our, our person that is leading us through. Father God, give her strength. 
Father God, give her knowledge, give her capacity, give her margin. Father God, we need her here in 2024, but be thy will, Father God. So let her finish 2023 strong and her team, Father God. God, thank you again for all that you do for us. Father God, you are awesome. You are great. You are mighty. You are a healer. Father God, you are a deliverer, Father God. And we acknowledge you today. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And our affirmation. I honor the fullness of this moment rather than dwelling in what was or could be. I honor the fullness of this moment rather than dwelling in what was or could be. And our aphorism. There are two kinds of gratitude. The sudden kind we feel for what we take the larger kind we feel for what we give. That's all I have for you today. Thank you for being on this amazing adventure with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, Jennifer will be here tomorrow waiting for you.